Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks postgame show powered by ComEd. It's getting easier for your business to switch to electric vehicles. Learn more at ComEd.com slash clean the Blackhawks lose two to one to Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers and if you didn't see the game and you're just checking out the post game show there's very little negative to talk about in this one the Hawks were the better team in this game yeah the Oilers are loaded with talent they've got Connor McDavid who could go down as the best player to ever play the game when it's all said and done Leon Dreisaitl Ryan Nugent Hopkins on and on and on but for 60 minutes, the Hawks were the better team in this game and just sort of lacked the personnel to put puck behind goalie. It took nearly half the season, but this team is finally starting to show every night like they did last season. Maybe it took all these injuries for them to finally be like, hey, so-and-so is not going to save us. We all have to do this. We all have to pull equally. They, we, they did that most of the season last year. We've been waiting to see this on a consistent basis this season. We finally got it. It started in that Rangers game. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the, the Devils game is when Bedard and Felino got hurt. And these two games so far at home against Calgary and Edmonton, great back-to-back efforts with a depleted roster. They were a little more healthy today. Yeah, Radish and Anderson were back. But and Rem Pitlick was there too. Yeah, but it's still not a great roster. But they were right there. They held the Edmonton Oilers to 15 shots on goal. That's crazy. That's very impressive. And most of those shots were from the outside, one and done type of things. Excellent effort tonight. Not much to really complain about. I mean, this was what we saw probably 75 of the 82 games last season. And if we get this from here on out, now they're starting to play a simplified, you know, game. Just north-south, get the puck in, go fight for the puck. Keep this mentality when these more talented players start to come back. Definitely. Hold that thought. Before we continue, make sure you smash the like button for us on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel as well. Podcast listeners, we love you too. Make sure you are following or subscribed wherever you get your podcasts, and please take 34 seconds to leave us a, fa- a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We would really, really appreciate that. A little bit of a heads up, tomorrow's show at 2.30, 
we're going to have a major show announcement. You're not going to want to miss it. Make sure you're here with us tomorrow at 2.30. We think we're going to have one of the what chaos dudes on. They're pretty They're pretty bad on Slack, I'm going to be honest. They're not great well, on the, Slack. To be fair. To be fair. The, the Bruins were playing when we were messing to them. So, True. you know, they have to watch their... Beloved. They're, they're Bruins. The beloved Bruins. Yeah, yeah but uh, 2.30 tomorrow, regardless of whether or not AJ or uh, DJ or uh, Pete are with us tomorrow, we will have some major show news you're not going to want to miss. I went to moneypuck.com, Greg, Money and Puck. I fired up the deserve to win meter and the Blackhawks are at 79%. That passes the sniff test. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. They were the, uh, they were the better team. And, you know, yes, they benefited from two disallowed goals, but the Oilers should stop trying to cheat. Yeah. They got caught that. doing illegal activities. Go to jail. That might be illegal. In Alberta, my friend. Yeah, this is not Canada. This we don't is, have Mounties. This is the big city, my <laughs> friends, and you're not allowed to get away with that bull crap. That's right. That's uh, right. Goalie interference took away what would have been their second, second goal. goal. And yep. then their fourth fourth goal uh, was lost on a... Uh, Third goal. Oh, right. Well, it would have been the oh, yeah, fourth. Yeah. So I see what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. The fourth time they put the puck in the net was taken away <laughs> yes. uh, for uh, a pretty good... Offside challenge. It was one of those where you're like, eh, he looks offside, but I don't know the rule anymore because they made this so complicated and stupid. I don't even guess anymore. No, I just, Every time yeah. I've guessed this year on anything, I'm wrong. No, we've taken a once black and white rule yeah. of offside and turned it into 300 shades of gray where nobody knows what it is anymore. Yeah. Hey, by the way, as we do every game, you in the chat, you get to vote for the fourth star of the game. Here are your three stars of the game. Jason Dickinson scored the Blackhawks' lone goal with a beautiful toe drag around the stick of Darnell Nurse, who was outstretched, and a roof shot that fooled the goal judge. That light never went off, but the Hawks right. celebrated it. out quickly. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, great shot. He continues his uh, career year. That was his 14th goal of the year. You'll never guess the other two stars of the game. Yep, it was Leon Dreisaitl. And it was Connor McDavid. So here are your nominees for fourth star of the game. First, Alex Vlasic, 22.06, plus one. Not much of a stat line beyond that for him, but he was doing so many little things so damn well. And I saw Ben Pope mention that on Twitter during the game, too. If you, like, focus on Vlasic during a shift, especially if you're at the United Center, and you see the little things he does to get the puck out of danger or to take an extra tick to make the safe play. He's not scared. He is not panicked. He is and might be the Hawks defenseman I trust the most. And it's the defenseman that Luke Richardson trusts the most. Yeah. Especially with Seth Jones out because he was out there as much as he could against Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Uh Now, Chris Knobloch did his best to make sure that, oh, Jared Tenori and Connor Murphy out there. Get out there, 97. Get out there. Of course. Um, that's good coaching. Yeah. that's <laughs> who, Oh, they're two slowest defensemen are out there? Let me get my best player, the best player in the game out there against those I guys. I felt bad for Tenori. And, explo- and both Edmonton goals that counted were at that pairing's yeah. defen- uh, so expense. Someone wrote me on Twitter and said that, that the matchup should be Vlasic and Megna. Versus McDavid. And every time Luke had the chance to do that, he yes, did. When McDavid was starting a shift, yeah. those two guys were out there. But in the course of a game, every defensive pair is going to face every line at some point. And, 
you know, the opposing coach chess. You know, I'm not going to put McDavid out there to start a shift. So he, and he waits and he picks his spots and it worked. Um, but let's face it, even with Megna and and uh, Vlasic, they were going to clown those guys at some point. They're going to get their chances. They clown everybody. Yeah. Yeah. But Vlasic did a really good job. There was that play late in the second period of keeping McDavid to the outside. They did a really good – the whole team did a good yeah. job. But Vlasic especially, that play where, like, McDavid did the spin move, but he spun himself into a place where he couldn't really – I mean, he could probably still score from there. Right. But he didn't, and he was too chicken to try a Michigan, so he passed it out to the front of the net. Coward. So, uh, you know, it was a great overall team game. I mean, there really wasn't anybody where you're like, oh, my God, you know, I, you know Tenori takes the beating as usual, and he had a rough night. Join the club. I think – I think – you know, when Seth Jones comes back here, which is going to be soon, um, Isaac Phillips is going to go down to Rockford. That's pretty obvious. Yeah. And he'll be down there before the weekend so he can play. Yeah, but it's going to be Tenorti out. I would You're think so. Mag- Magna's been freaking good. Magna's been good. And Nikita Zaitsev has been good, too. There's no doubt. Those two guys should not be coming out for Tenorti. So... The, the Tonorti reign of terror might be over soon. <laughs> uh, right, in case you missed it this morning, not to interrupt you, uh, yep. we had a couple of people asking, could Jones be back on Thursday? That might be too early. He morning took morning skate today. Uh, Richardson said he wants to get him into practice with some contact and bumping to see how the shoulder's feeling. That's going to be tomorrow, maybe Thursday, but they, I think they'll probably wait to the home game on Sunday against the Sharks. That's better than putting him out there against yeah. the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. But we'll see. Seth Jones could be, you know, we saw him walking out of the building today. He looks, he's in good spirits. He's ready to go. So maybe Thursday. Richardson said this morning that it's probably closer to a week away. I think he said within the week. Right. So yeah. I would target Sunday instead of Thursday. But uh, we'll see. Uh, second nominee for four-star of the game, Kevin Korchinski, 21-16. Two shots on goal, seven shot attempts. I think this was his best game as a Hawk so far. He was dangerous. He was good with the. He was actually better defensively than I thought he was. Uh, I, I thought he looked really good. I thought he looked really good in this game. The thing that impresses me about Kevin Korczynski as I watch him is he's never shies away from contact. He'll initiate contact like you don't really think that's part of his game. He was drafted seventh overall because of his skating and offensive ability and what he can do on the rush. But there's a lot of times where he'll he'll go in and, and, and go in the corner with a guy much bigger than him. He doesn't shy away from the bigger players, and I, I can respect that, especially at that age. At that experience level, you can see a lot of guys be tentative in that department, and he's not, and that, that serves well going forward in his career. Uh, and even strength, five-on-five five rather, uh, Korczynski was on the ice for 13 shot attempts, four and eight against. That was third best on the team behind Nikita Zaitsev, who was 15-4-7 against, and Jason Dickinson, 12-4-7 against. So really solid game uh, for Korczynski. And the other nominee, Philip Kurashev, who is just an absolute beast in this game. 20-41, four shots on goal, nine shot attempts, not to mention the two goals two he saved at the end of the game. Well, one of to them was the because he broke his stick. Yeah, and he had to go back to get a new stick, and then he was like right there to stop that that empty net shot. Just as he drew it up, my friend, had his stick not broke, they would have had an easy 
empty net goal. And then he made a play uh, to, to prevent, uh, I think it was Hyman's shot to force a goal wide. So great game by Philip Kershev. I mean, you got Philip Kershev, you got Jason Dickinson out there saying, I want to go to Toronto to replace Connor Bedard in the All-Star game. Yeah. Hey, and for 15 minutes tonight, Jason Dickinson and Connor Bedard were tied in goals. Connor, uh, Connor McDavid. Uh, McDavid, yes. Yeah. The, the, uh, too many Connors. The lesser Connor. Well, he's almost tied with Connor Bedard now. We'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah. have a few, few more games to uh, catch up to him. But for 15 minutes, Jason Dickinson and Connor Bedard and McDavid had 14 goals on yep. January 9th, halfway through a season. I mean, one of them may have missed a few games, but still. Yeah, um, and, and one of them has over 40 assists. <laughs> yes, that's okay. Uh, we had, uh, on the way out, had a bit of a conversation with an unnamed Blackhawks person yeah. who was kind of echoing what we're saying, like loving the effort. This is what they need to bring kind of every night. And uh, you sort of posed a good question to said person. I'll let you sort of phrase it yourself. Yeah, I just said, is it kind of like everybody's not waiting for number 98 to step on the ice and fix everything? They're kind of right. doing it for himself. And uh, I didn't get any pushback on that thought. Yeah, And I think it's pretty evident. Not saying Connor Bedard is ruining this team. They can't win with them. But <laughs> I think a lot of people are like, well, I just need to not make a mistake on my shift. So... 98 can jump over the boards and win us the game the next shift. Now they're like, screw it. I have to win us this game if I can. Well, I think part of it, too, is these guys are they're aware of what the roster is. They're aware of who they are. And they say, if we don't play all out this entire game, we're going to get embarrassed. We're going to get laughed off the ice. And part of it is pride in saying we're at the United Center. There is a decent shot that Connor McDavid goes off for eight points against us in this game. We cannot let that happen. We have to do whatever we can to prevent that. And like you said earlier, the Hawks did a really good job of keeping the Oilers on the perimeter, keeping them outside and limiting their really good scoring chances. I I, I was just really impressed with the game plan in this one. Uh, Cause you knew you were up against it. In the entire game at 5-on-5, five five, the Hawks gave up six high-danger scoring chances. They had seven of their own. Like, they just, they did everything they could to stop McDavid and Dreisaitl and company. And look, 97 is going to get his. You know it's going to happen. The goal he scored, the Hawks were changing. McDavid, not only incredibly fast, incredibly skilled, incredibly smart, is sort of hiding in the weeds as the Hawks are changing, he's just sort of lingering by the boards, and then as soon as they jump off, boom, he explodes at a blue line. He catches a pass in stride. It's Jared Tenorti, RIP, and, and he's off to the races. Yeah. What are you going to do? And he makes literally one stride, and he's nine feet past Tenorti. Just unbelievable what that guy can do. And as yeah, you said, he's going to get his. Dryside are going to get his. Those were the two goal scorers yep. tonight. But you kept this game close because you didn't let anybody else hurt you. You, yeah. you lived with, okay, McDavid and, and Dreisaitl, that line, it's the best in the game. Limit to them as much as we can, but take all the other three lines out of the game, and they did. Yeah, absolutely. Outside of a penalty, did you hear from Evander Kane all night? No. Did you hear from Ryan you know Nugent said, Hopkins you know all night? Me? Uh, McLeod is the guy who stood out to me otherwise for Edmonton. He was good. He's fast. He's a good player. Um, I'm writing about McDavid for our Hawks hits tonight. And um, Cheater. 
he <laughs> well i just you no, know it, he is seeing him in person is unbelievable and i i made a point of every time he was on the ice i sort of like iso cammed him with my face and it's not just that he's fast it's not just that he's skilled he can go he is like zero to full speed in a blink and because he's Connor effing McDavid, he's got free reign from Knobloch and the coaching staff to just do whatever you want in the offensive zone. And you kind of see that a little bit with Bedard on the power play with the Hawks, but McDavid does it at all strengths. He's like a shark. He just circles the offensive zone looking for those soft spots, and he's so fast that you could be Connor Murphy or Kevin Korczynski or Alex Vlasic, and you take a look. All right, there's McDavid. I know where he is. And a second later, you're over here, and McDavid's over there scoring. There's only one defenseman in the league right now that I think could keep up with him. Kale McCarr. McCarr. Maybe Quinn Hughes. Did you watch the uh, Avs game last night? I did not see much of it. Right at the end of, I forget if it was regulation or overtime, but right at the end, McCarr got the puck at center ice and just hit the turbo button, and he was was gone. It was like, holy shit. There was like maybe four seconds left. And from center ice, he got a scoring chance. Here's how you beat the Edmonton Oilers. You know who led the team in shots, the Oilers? Who's that? Four. Warren Fogle. Let Warren Fogle try and beat you. You're going to win more times than you lose. Better than Jared Fogle. (laughs) Too soon. Um, Connor McDavid had three shots. But like their other big players, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, one shot on goal. Evander Kane, no shots on goal, one shot attempt. Your guy, Ryan McLeod, no shots on goal. Leon Dreisaitl only had one shot on goal. He got his money's worth. (laughs) But Darnell Nurse didn't even have a shot on goal. Zach Hyman, who has 25 goals, no shots on goal. That's super impressive. That is a formula for success. This was the best defensive team effort of the season. No doubt. Maybe even of the last two seasons. No doubt about that. This might have been the best team defensive effort in the Luke Richardson era. Well, look, you have... This is the beauty of having four checking lines. That's good point. <laughs> is that they're always out there. They're always point. out there checking. You uh, know? A lot of people this morning when I posted the lines from Morning Skate, why is Rem Picklick on the top line? I'm like... I'm just thinking like... Who cares? It's just listed first. Right. Like, this is four lines, and Luke Richardson's going to play whatever line is playing best. Yes. There's no number one line. It's three fourth lines. Yeah. Why, or two thirds and two why fourths. Would you, at this point, why would you get hung up on that? Or people are like, why is Reichel so down on the lineup? Listen, if that line's playing good, it's going to get out They're there. They're going to play. Everyone's going to play. The best it's, line that the Hawks have right now is whatever line Jason Dickinson's on. That's it. That's your top line. But it's not a number one line. It's just the line that's going to play the most. Right, as it should, because he was outstanding today. People uh, take the numbering and the order of the listing of, of lines, to, especially right now. Like, before, when, when Connor Bedard is in the lineup, then yes, whatever line he is on is your number one line. Yeah. But right now, it's four lines. Go, go play for your playing time. Yeah. Uh, by the way, on Pitlick, something that I heard Luke say before the game today was that he's not a guy that can play, like, on the bottom six. And that's probably why he's in the AHL. Right. And when he was with Pittsburgh, like, he's the guy that they would call up if, you know, Gensel or right. or, or Crosby or one of those Kinda guys got like hurt. like what we heard about Lucas Reichel last year. Yeah. 
Like he's, we can only play him in the top six. Oh, but they're not doing that now. Well, because he's not playing like a top six player. <laughs> There's another reason somebody asked me this on Twitter today. Oh, I'm so I'm sick of Reichel playing so down in the lineup. He's down there because he's, of his own doing. He's earned it. He's had plenty of time playing in the top six, and he can't take advantage of it. Yeah. Though he was, again, good noticeable tonight, but still can't do the things we need him to do. Yeah. I uh, score a freaking goal. I want to, yeah, I'm curious to see if, if his name came up uh, with Luke postgame. We're going to talk to Mario here in a little bit when he dials us from uh, the United Center. Um, but let's let's spend a little time on Pitlick because I, I do think, like, we noticed this with Bavillier where, you know, he comes in a little bit, plays pretty well, and then kind of takes him a while to find his, his stride. And as soon as Bovillier starts to look like he's catching on, he gets hurt. It takes these new guys some time to really find their place on their new team to learn their teammates. I said to you during the game, do you think there's anything more awkward than going and celebrating a goal with your new teammates that you don't know? <laughs> like, yeah, they're all hockey Hey, bros. let's all hug. Like, I don't know you. We've never met. They're all hockey bros. I've never seen you they're before. They're fine. Uh, by the way, a lot of people in the chat are talking about the Carter Gauthier thing. And Trevor Zegris, it sounds like a great topic for tomorrow's show. It does. So join us tomorrow at 2.30. We're going to get into Zegers, all that stuff. Zegris is hurt again. Yes, he is. Um, seems to be a trend this season for him. It sure um, does. But, uh, yeah, Pitlick, it was kind of fun because I covered Pitlick a lot in the AHL when he was with, when he was in the Nashville organization. He was playing in Milwaukee. Licky? Uh, Pity? Lick, Picky Lick. Pitter? Picky Lick, I think. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> it's it's got to be Pitter. Bitsy? Pitter or Licky. Uh, or Remy. Um, anyway, uh, covered a lot of his games, you know, when he was with the Admirals playing against the Wolves and the Ice Hogs. And it was just weird because on those teams, too, for, like, multiple seasons was Rem Pitlick, Colin Blackwell, and Jared Tenorti, and now they're all playing in the NHL together here in Chicago. So it's just... I always, I always like having spent four full seasons covering the AHL when I see those guys that were grinding it out yeah. finally get a little bit of opportunity here at this level. You want to tell us about Empire before we bring in uh, I Mario? really, really do because I've right. had flooring on my mind all day. With Empire today, you get shop-at-home convenience, the right product for your needs, quick and professional installation, and... A low price guarantee. Empire Today is the best place to get new flooring. So, of course, they have lots of copycats. But Empire can't be beaten on quality service speed. So competitors advertise low quality products that Empire simply won't carry. Empire won't promise the lowest prices because anyone who does is putting flooring in your home that they wouldn't put in theirs. They keep shopping for floors simple with a curated product selection. They're not going to overwhelm you with a ton of different products. They're just going to give you the best product out there. And that's all you really want. Plus, they have this really cool virtual floor designer. Where all you got to do is snap a picture of the room you want to put the new flooring in. And then they'll your new floor will magically appear so you know what it looks like before you buy it. Cool. They pride themselves on their convenient shop-at-home service. They help customers shop for floors where they use their floors so they can see exactly where their new floors will look like in their new home's lighting and decor so they can make the informed decision. They service their own warranties. If there's ever an issue, 
Just call Empire. They service all warranties themselves. You won't have to track down a manufacturer's phone number. None of that nonsense at the big box stores. So schedule a free in-home estimate today. All of our CHGO listeners can receive $350 off when they use the promo code CHGO. Restrictions apply. See empiretoday.com slash CHGO for all the details. And if you want to get yoked like Steven... You got to go to the Midtown Athletic Club. There's four Chicagoland locations, Palatine in the northwest suburbs, Bannockburn in the North Shore, or on the North Shore? I would say on the North Shore. Eh. Willowbrook no, in the southwest in suburbs. in the North Shore, not on it. I guess. And Midtown Athletic Club and Hotel in the middle of Bucktown and Lincoln Park. They've launched a multi-million dollar transformation of their Palatine location, which will be complete early this year. And Midtown is offering no initiation fees this January at their Bannockburn, Palatine, and Willowbrook locations. It is the perfect club for people with kids, for single folks, people looking to make lifestyle changes or get into holistic wellness. They've got everything for you. And look, this is not just the kind of place where you walk in, you lift your weights for 45 minutes, or you run on a treadmill for 45 minutes. This is your one-stop shop for everything. They've got spas. They've got yoga. They've got uh, cross-training. They've got tennis, pickleball. You spend the day at Midtown. It is a country club more than it's a gym. You owe it to yourself to check it out. It is super high-end. It is an awesome place. Head over to Midtown.com slash CHGO to find out more and to tour the Midtown Athletic Club nearest you. Now we head out to the United Center and welcome our friend, our pal, our buddy. It is Mario Tirabasi. What's up, Mario? Hey, guys. What's going on? How was the post game? Were people happy or were they sad? Well, I mean, you're not going to get a, a happy post game after a loss, but I would say that this was uh, a game where, you know, the the team was pleased with their effort and their performance. And, and you know, we talked to Joey Anderson, Jason Dickinson, and Luke Richardson after the game, uh, all of the Suns. And, um, you know, they all echoed that the, the work ethic is what kept them in this game. And I think, you know, watch this full game and there's nothing you can uh, you can argue about that. You watch the last few games that this team has played. Um, it is starting to look reminiscent of last year's team where the identity was we have to outwork teams to be in games. And given the injury issues that this team is, is facing right now, they have to rely on their on their work ethic and trying to outwork opponents to be in games, and that's what they did tonight. They they put in the effort uh, to hang in a game with the Oilers. Um, they got some you know some help from some overturned calls, but I mean this was I believe the the lowest amount of shots on goal that the Blackhawks have. Uh, allowed in a game this season, and I would venture a guess this is the lowest amount of shots on goal the Oilers have produced in a game this season. So, I, I, by a long shot, too. I looked it up earlier. Twenty-three was their previous low. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's even in a two-one loss, that is an accomplishment for this Blackhawks team, even if they were full strength. I mean, this team yeah, where they're at right. with their injuries right now to lose two to one to the Oilers and, and limit them to the least shots on goal that they have had. And your two goal scorers are Leon Dreisel and Connor McDavid. Like you take that game nine times out of 10 for this Blackhawks team. Yeah. A little note from the broadcast. Uh, 
This was only the eighth time the Hawks have outshot their opponents all year. They are one in seven in those games. <laughs> and you said to shoot more. Hmm. <laughs> oh, so, you're saying, so the secret is, hmm. Yeah, well, it's also uh, yes. the 22nd time they've scored first, and they've only won eight of those games. That's crazy. Well, it's so, not a good team. So score second and shoot less. Got there it, it is. Yes. Go tell Luke. Run down and tell Luke right That's now. That's the strategy. Right. We've cracked right. the code. Well, here's what I'm interested in. I know you sent some uh, a bunch of video in, and I'm sure we're going to get to some of it. Um, but I'm curious as to if anyone offered an idea as to why it has taken these injuries for this team to find this level of compete and play. Because it's something that we have been looking for for the prior... 38 games of the season until this last little reach and stretch where they've been playing her balls off. What took it this long for this team to find this? Did anyone offer any thoughts on that? Um, not directly, but I think, um, you know, with, with what uh, Dickinson said about, you know, the team and the way that they've played and, and Richardson, you know, said a lot of the same things too. Um, it's, it's kind of just where they're at where they're at with with the lineup they're kind of forced to to play this simplified game and the way the 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 roster is made up right now you don't have a lot of guys that are top six skill guys that can create a lot of offense or or do anything like that it's a lot of just north south guys and sure you have a lot of third and fourth and you know four a players in your lineup playing above where they usually should be but you know it, it is a team made up of, of guys that, that try and, and play simple games. So when you get a, you know, a squad that's two thirds or three quarters of, of a team made up with, you know, that kind of style of player, um, that's, that's really all they know. That's all they know how to do to succeed in the NHL. So you get a, a, a roster of guys that, that play like that, and you're going to get a lot of efforts that, that, that look like this. Now, are you going to go out and say, this is the blueprint for successful hockey? No, you need the the skill guys to be able to be those difference makers. Um, but I think with this with this team, this is kind of where they've kind of been shoehorned into this style of play. And, you know, on, on Dickinson's goal, um, you know, he talked about how it was his his chance was able to be created. Got a fly buzzing around me. Uh, his chance was able to be created because on that rush attempt, uh, Joey Anderson did this, did the smart thing, did the simple thing of just going to the front of the net on that two one and that, and that forced the Edmonton defender, who I believe was Darnell nurse, forced him into making the decision. Do I play the, the guy charging the net or do I try and make a play on the puck or on the pass? So he, you know, hits the old, the old LB and RB dives on the, uh, dives on the ice and, and Dickinson is able to make a play and, and score. So it's, it's a, it's a play like that where, you know, the simple thing of just going to the, the front of the net on that chance by Anderson forced the defender to, to, to make a decision. It, you, didn't, you didn't have a situation where, you know, because Anderson might be, you know, trying to, trying to, you know, slow play it for a drop pass or look for something cross ice. Like he's just going to the front of the net to, to force the defender to make a decision. That puts it on Dickinson to say, all right, I have the play to make. You know, you, you, you take a lot of the thought out of the game when you simplify it and on that play it was Jason Dickinson had a had a rush chance and it because of what Anderson did it turned into a one-on-one with him and uh the defender and he won the battle so 
Um, you know, if if a lot of, I think the biggest question is going to be how does how did how does this effort, this mentality translate when you get the guys back from injury? Because most of the guys that are all injured are your more top six skill based guys. So it'll be interesting to see. Region Rev made a good point and saying that black things were to change when Blackwell got here. And you can sort of trace it to his return to the lineup. And he is that little spark plug for him, for them. And they said as much after the last game. Um, Nick Felino told us that when he was here. It was right yeah. after that Colorado game. That was his first game back. And it was like kind of got that energy going on the team. And, and, you know, Luke Richardson says all the time that, like, he's on the bench chirping away and giving the coaching staff, like, face-off stats. Yeah, right. And, and – <laughs> Given the refs uh, all they can handle, so well, I think that kind know, of stuff is con- contagious. When you look to at this team, like it is a, I don't know how to say it. It's a quiet group. There's not like the 2010s Hawks had Brent Seabrook, who was always chirping, and there were always guys. Like, there was Andrew Shaw. There were always guys. Patrick Kane is, is a notorious trash talker, right? And like this team. Before Blackwell was here, Bedard is shy, Vlasic is shy, Gorchinski is shy, even like Radish and uh, Dickinson are sort of soft-spoken. They'll, they'll speak, but they're soft-spoken. There weren't a lot of guys to like really be the vocal fire-up guy aside from Felino, and we've heard from Hawks fans and, and people that observe the team that maybe the Felino message was wearing thin because it was only coming from him, even like Seth Jones is a soft-spoken kind of a guy. Yeah, he provides leadership with his play and how many minutes he logs, but he's not the kind of guy that's going to get out there and and be in your ear during the course of a game. You've got that now in Colin Blackwell, and I think sometimes we look too far in saying, like, well, the best players have to be the leaders. That's not necessarily true. You need, your, you need guys that are vocal – they're going to keep you awake, going to keep you alert, going to keep you going throughout the game and really go out there and challenge you, right? Because if Colin Blackwell, who hasn't played in 300-some days, can come out here and give 100%, why can't I? Why can't I do that? And it, and it has. It really has rubbed off on this team, I think. Yeah. it's it's And uh, Mark Lazarus uh, coined the term the other day, that Colin Blackwell plays like his hair is on fire. Yeah. And, you know, it's, as I said, that's kind of contagious. You know, when you're like, all right, this guy is doing it. I need to do it. I can't, you know, I can't be shown up by any, let you know. So, yeah, there there is a lot to that um, statement that this team started to play better or just at least harder, more effort when – Blackwell returned to the lineup. And and people are seeing, other guys are seeing, Blackwell gets here and, you know, yeah, injuries, but he's getting a ton of playing time because of the way he's playing. So that also takes notice to some of these guys that are like, well, if I want more playing time, I got I to gotta step up my game. Yeah, he played uh, 1449 in this one. Had four shot attempts, uh, two shots on goal. He was... He was good again. He is a, he's a difference maker when he's on the ice. And I know we had some fun at his expense because of last year and there were a lot of incidents of him just falling down, losing the puck. But 
he was kind of blending in more last year because the whole team was playing that way. The whole team was falling down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You had a thing to see you and him. Well, who knows? Maybe that sports hernia surgery, like, fixed his balance. It could be. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Sorry, go ahead, Mario. Well, I think think with with Blackwell, too, you know, think about you also lost that kind of that aspect, that fiery – you know, trying to get under the the, uh, the other team's skin or, or what have you, you lost that with Corey Perry being dismissed from the team. So when Blackwell comes in, um, you know, he that's another kind of slack that that he picks up um, from you know from from the team going through changes. So you know, I, I think there's uh, there's a lot. I never thought I'd say this. There's a lot that some of these guys on this team uh, can learn from playing with the mindset of Colin Blackwell. And uh, I, I think that that's impressive for him. Um, you know, we talk a lot about decisions that, that need to be made about guys' uh, futures here. Um, you know, he's another guy that's playing for a contract either here or elsewhere. Um, so I, I think he's, he's going out there and making the most of the opportunity he's, he's had. And, uh, you know, I, especially with his injury, you never really know how your career is going to go. So you have to make the most of it. And he's, he's, he is not taking a shift off uh, yet this season. All right. I know you sent in a bunch of uh, audio. I know we have Luke. Uh, who should we hear from first? Who do you think stood out? Um, let's hear from uh, the goal scorer, Jason Dickinson. He was, he was pretty good. All right. He usually is. Here is Big J Dick post game. Guys having the right work ethic the last couple of games, win or lose. Do you feel the same way about tonight's too? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, the work was there for a majority of the game. I felt like we got a little bit uh, stationary, started standing around a little bit at the start of the third period, which is obviously not what you want when you're down a goal. But um, we we found a way to turn it up, uh, find the emotion, find the intensity to push for the last 10 minutes, I felt. Only 15 shots for Edmonton. That's the a season low for you guys giving up in a game. How did you guys do well to tighten things up for them? Um, I think it goes back to just our work ethic. I think everybody was working well about pucks, uh, tracking back, making sure that we limited speed, made sure we uh, limited their entry. They're a rush team that likes to attack on uh, three on twos, two on ones, isolating our, our D-men. And we did a good job of protecting them. We gave up a handful. Um, obviously, they got that one that was called back. Um, and then other than that, it felt like we were into the outside limit their speed and, and those opportunities. What's it like trying to ISO McDavid when you're going up against him? Yeah, he's an extremely good player. goes without saying. I think everybody knows that. So uh, it's a challenge. Uh, it's one I love. Uh, I love uh, when we uh, get these games because I know it's going to be a fight and I know he's going to give me everything. And uh, he knows that I'm going to uh, be on top of him the whole game and make it hard for him. So uh, it creates a good, uh, good little battle for us. What you see on your goal? Um, I saw Joey driving the net real hard. Um, uh, I think it was Nursey lay down, and uh, I just had enough time to pull it around a stick, and then I was just thinking, uh, get it up, because the goal is dropped. You and Joey had had such a chemistry before, and it seemed like you immediately had it again tonight. Uh, it's uh, a simple game with Joey. We, uh, we seem to work well with each other. We don't have to think too much, because uh, I think we think the game very similarly. Um, it's little things like driving the net. It's driving the the pucks deep, putting it in, and making sure that we get to work because um, that's what I want to do, and that's what he wants to do. So it, it's going to mend blend well. To, I'm sorry. I don't know if you've addressed this before, but how are you on pace for almost 30 goals with career high of nine? Yeah, um, shooting the puck a lot more, shooting it more accurate, and uh, definitely 
has to be some puck luck in there. Um, you know, you don't, you're not always able to create chances on your own. Um, sometimes you have to get for, uh, fortunate bounces. So um, definitely have to uh, accept that. Um, but also, um, it's working hard for those chances too. Um, they're they're not. Uh, coming easy and they're not just being handed to me. It, it's definitely something that I feel I'm working hard for them and I'm getting rewarded for it. Is it more of, also more of an opportunity? Is it something you do in the offseason? Absolutely, yeah. Opportunity is, is always a big thing. Um, if you're not getting minutes, if you're not getting ice, you're not going to uh, necessarily see those chances. Um, with that, I could have all this ice time and not get opportunity. I could not create, I could not um, turn pucks over and, and create chances. So um, it's doing something with the opportunity that's handed to me. Jason Dickinson, Blackhawk for life. There he is, <laughs> post game. Hey, how are you uh, scoring goals this season? What do, what do you what do you chalk up to that? I'm shooting it. I love that. And I love that in. question. He is shooting uh, a very sustainable 22%. Uh, on the sure. season, so <laughs> for a guy who's a ten percent career shooter, um, so yeah, I mean, some regression will probably happen for Dickinson, but uh, he has been good since they acquired him. He has been great this year. Uh, I love covering the guy. He's always thoughtful. He's always thinks about his answers, and he's not just a cliche he, machine. I really he like him. Was an amazing pickup from Kyle Davidson. Yep, because the Vancouver Canucks needed to cap. They needed to get rid of his salary so bad that they gave us Jason Dickinson and a second rounder. Am I correct? Was it a second rounder and Jason yep. Dickinson for you guys remember Riley Stillman? Riley, Riley Stillman. Stillman. Ooh, that Stillman is called 61. being put over a barrel. Yeah. All right, we're gonna play Luke trade. Richardson, uh, Mario, but we're not gonna make you stick around for it twice because you already heard it. Any uh, news and notes you want to give us before we uh, send you back to Wisconsin? Uh, well. I won't spoil it for uh, for Richardson's uh, presser here, but uh, there is no update on Connor Bedard, but we'll probably get one tomorrow. Bet you that's the first question asked after practice tomorrow. Oh, after practice tomorrow? Yeah, I'm sure. Yes. Are we all going? Should we RSVP? I'm going. I will I'm be going. there. All right, we'll all be there. It's the right. first time. We're like a full Voltron for I the know. first time in months. <laughs> nice. News team, like, assemble. Gonna, be like, I don't think we've done that since like the third day of training camp. It's been a long time <laughs> since all three of us have been in practice. I had yeah, everything going on with my mom, and Mario had some family business to attend to, and like it's just been crazy. So back at Fifth Third tomorrow to freeze my nuts off. I'm going to treat myself to a donut. Nice. You've earned it from Raise the Cup. I think I have. You've earned it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to need to bring like an electric blanket after tonight's game just to get my body temperature back to normal before. Yeah, practice. it was really it's cold in there. So cold in really there now. In there. Ridiculously cold in the United Center. I agree. And now, it's, I am it's a not, fat it's, guy. It's I'm never just, cold. It's, it's not just because it's the you know now now the temperature outside. It, it was cold in like October. There were games where I was like. Yeah. Like freezing and shivering, like and I don't heat know. rises, and we're at the top of the building. I can't imagine what, how cold it is in the 100 level. <laughs> and attendance is up this year, so there's more warm bodies in in yeah. the arena. So I, I don't I know. Don't get I don't, it. Maybe they overcompensated on the on the air conditioning for the uh, for the higher attendance rates. Speaking of that, uh, shout out the anthems have been good. The yeah. crowd has been good. The anthems have been loud. I was yeah. expecting a light crowd tonight with the weather. 
and the injuries, but another full house. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure a lot of that was is the expectation of Connor versus Connor, but with no Connor Bedard and shit ass weather, I thought a lot of people would say, "Screw it, I'm staying home." But still, another full house. Credit to the yeah. fans. And for all the uh, scientists in the chat saying it's an ice rink, yes, we're aware. Uh, we have been covering the team for several years. I've been going to games for. This has been since ice. Building opened. really cold. It's been freezing in the UC. Like this year. to the point where like. I get a cup of coffee just to warm my hands. Yes, it's that cold, and we're again at the top of the three hundred level. It's cold. and I, I, I mean, I first, have first a, world problems, but yeah, and I also have a horrible personality trait of underdressing for the weather. For the weather, so uh, yeah, I, it's 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 my own personal fault. Well, I blame global right. warming. There, is that there. better? But if it's global warming, how come it's so cold? <laughs> That's it. We're going woke. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll see you practice. Drive safe, man. I know it's a it's a crappy drive, so uh, take your time to you know just use the guardrails they're there for. Yeah, Get yourself home safe. Bumper cars. All right, we'll see you All practice right. tomorrow. That is Mario Tirabasi. Follow him on Twitter at Mario underscore Tirabasi. Before we get to Luke, why don't we uh, pay off our super chat here? Sure, but before that, oh. I just want to say, by the way, tomorrow I will also allow you to treat me to a donut. I'll get you a donut. <laughs> All right, that's fine. Score. I'm down. Uh, McLovin, $10 super chat. Thank you. Hell of a win. That's what for we're going to use tank. for those donuts. <laughs> exactly. Everybody battled so hard, and the end was electric. Reichel seemed to hit insane passes, but needs to shoot more still. Was this Korchinski's best game so far? I agree pretty much on every point. And, yeah, I do think this was – it's always hard to say. Was this his best game? Because I'm sure there's few – we're forgetting about, but Not, yeah, but he was really good. Seven in this shot one. attempts, more of that, yes. please. Yes, be the dynamic offensive defenseman you were drafted to be. That's what you're and here stop for. Stop the freaking slingshot! Like he's yeah. so. We've had that before. We don't need to go into that, but yeah, yeah. Just you don't have to do it every time, dude. You don't. No, you do not. All right. Lucy B has the comment of the season. Donuts taste good. Yes, indeed they do. Ice is cold. Donuts taste good. Thank you, Lucy. Best comment ever. All right, let's hear from Luke. Then we're going to take a break. You're going to enjoy that, and then we'll come back and pay off our segments. And remember, tomorrow at 2.30, major announcement. All right, here's Luke Richardson after the Hawks' 2-1 loss to the Oilers. A lot uh, last couple games, especially about having that identity and that work ethic and everything. I'm guessing this game falls right into that with you two. Yeah, you know, it just felt felt a little short of uh, finish around the net, but uh, we had some chances. The power play uh, was really tenacious and just shooting mentality, and we just couldn't find that rebound. Uh, even uh, six on five, same thing. But I, I liked our work ethic. I think we. Uh, I think it was the beginning of the second period. Uh, they kind of held some play to us. And uh, other than that, I thought uh, we did a good job of countering whatever they threw at us tonight. What was the key to holding them to only five to 15 shots? I think just the work out of skating. I think we just harped on the guys to be on top. And any time that we weren't on top of them, and you know, once or twice, just a little bit of awareness when the 97's out there. Um, you know, with his speed, he just needs a second just to be, uh, you, know, you know, forgotten about. And, and then he's going to make something happen. And, and he did. So other than that, I thought we did a really good job of close checking. I thought we were really, uh, you know, frustrating them a couple times. Uh, they're, they're good players. And, uh, you know, that's good. It's good for us. Uh, I think we were playing the right way. We just couldn't get that second goal. Uh, you know, I think Pitlick hit the, 
the post uh, in the third period on the power play. That was the closest kind of one we got to. And then the one chance in the six on five, I think Radish almost got a, a rebound where he tucked in there. So uh, playing the right way and uh, good things happen. Uh, you know, just just couldn't bury the second one. Think of how, how Dickinson went up against McDavid. Yeah, no, he was excellent. And again, like he's on the score sheet. Uh, it was an excellent goal. Uh, I think, you know, Joey just driving in to, on the two-on-one really had to uh, put a lot of stress on on Nurse and to force him to slide. And uh, Dickie made a nice move and a great shot. And so uh, not only did he do his job uh, defensively and uh, good on the penalty kill as well, uh, you know, he got on the score sheet. And he's done that uh, against a lot of teams this year, like Toronto and uh, Vegas and, and, and now uh, Edmonton. But unfortunately, we just didn't win the game. On the uh, McDavid goal on the line change, uh, who was supposed to pick him up? Well, I think uh, we didn't have him even on before the line change, so that line change is kind of uh, a little bit irrelevant. It's just we, we got to try and be above um, him at all times. I think our D just can't shift that early. We got to recognize that a little bit. So it's a little bit on everybody, you know, the line changes, uh, you know what I mean? Or not, like uh, our forwards got to try and help out if it's a, a three on two. We got to be above their guys all over the place, and especially awareness of him. Uh, you need a little bit more cushion to react to him because uh, when he turns it on, if you're beside him or behind him, it, it's not good enough. You're going to have to be in front of him. On the challenge, does it seem like worth the risk considering one versus two little ducks of difference? Yeah, I think so at that time. And, uh, you know, I thought we came out and played great and had a good power play, and then unfortunately that happened. But, uh, um, you know, I mean, I was a little nervous when it went that long, but uh, we were pretty confident that we saw, like, the black part that we saw was his stick and his skate was fully in, so, and he didn't have control, so, uh, you know, we, we think it was the right call, and uh, our guys are usually pretty right. What do you think of Pitlick tonight with the short turnaround that he had? Good. Yeah, good. Uh, you know, a lot of information coming at him today, and, uh, you know, because yesterday was a, a day off, and uh, I think he... He, he did excellent. You know that's what I, I remember him as. He's got a lot of uh, uh, speed. He's kind of uh, spunky and uh, attacks that puck. And uh, you know he did a good job tonight. And he's uh, you know just come into a new environment and it's a tough team to play against. So you're trying to probably he's probably trying to create offense playing with Khrushchev and Radish. But uh, he did a good job back checking and, be, and being uh, a good two-way player tonight. So uh, that's just what I remember. He's responsible, but he's got skills, stick skills, and speed that can help us. Well, last season, uh, Zaitsev struggled, you know, at least analytically. It, it seems like he's been a different player this year. Is there anything specifically just... You know, I, I don't think so. I think he's obviously played more, and as he's played more, you know, he play better. Uh, you don't always play better, but, you know, I mean, a lot of players say they'll play better when they play more, and that's what's happening with him. I think he just feels more comfortable. Uh, we're, and we're, we're trying to play simple right now, which is perfect for his game. He plays very hard. And uh, he shoots puck hard, and I thought he did a great job tonight, uh, as he has been since he started playing. Uh, Radish had a below the goal line pass to Donato for a chance in the third. What do you think of his game and Anderson in their game? Yeah, they were both good. It was good to have like all those three fours back in the lineup. I think they uh, all helped us tonight. Uh, you know, I mean, it's uh, like I said, it's a tough game to try and create offense without giving up risk. You know, I mean, you got to balance that. Uh, but I think we did a good job. I think we outchanced them in, in our uh, analytics in our dressing room. Uh, you know, not by much, but when you do that against this team, that's that's a good job. Uh, and those guys all had a part of it. I thought Joy was excellent. Uh, 
playing in a tough situation. First <coughs> knock, you're asking to play uh, against probably the fastest guy that's ever played, and that's a, a difficult task. To, uh, but he did a good job, and uh, you know, again, I don't know, he didn't get an assist on that, but in my mind, he got an assist on it. Taking some goal, just driving and making it more difficult for the goalie, knowing he's over there, and also the defenseman. Has Dickinson surprised you at all? I mean, there's not many guys with a career high of nine goals. He's on, he's on yeah. pace for almost 30. Yeah, you know what? Not really. Like, his first game with us last year in San Jose, he was excellent. And, uh, you know, skating, shooting the puck, great on the center ice and on the, uh, um, I mean, on the penalty kill. So that's pretty much what he's done for us. And now we've, and last year at the end of the year, he played a little bit of power play. And, um, uh, you know, he's done a great job in overtime this year when we put him out there to really check those top type of players on the other team. And, uh, you know, him and Nick have done a good job in that uh, area. So, and that's a tough thing, but he's a, a big guy that can skate, responsible, but uh, I think he's just feeling confident. And uh, the more he shoots the puck, uh, the more confident we get. This morning you mentioned you might have a timeline for Bedard. Did you hear anything? Uh, you know, I think tomorrow the, the we're supposed to come up with one. So as of tonight, tonight we don't. I think they're just kind of uh, just sort of getting the last evaluation, and tomorrow we should have something for that. Better have some damn answers tomorrow, Luke. Need to know. I do like the fact that our Joey Anderson whoa bit whoa. is uh, whoa. catching on, but uh, it almost got me in trouble today because <laughs> morning skate, literally standing next to Luke Richardson yep. in the scrum, he said Joey Anderson, and by instinct, I, I almost went whoa right in the middle of the scrum. Right. I had to stop myself. It's going to come. I saluted in my car today about something, <laughs> uh, and that's catching on too because I said major, I used major something in a tweet, and now everyone's sending me salutes. So <laughs> I, love, uh, I, I love the organic <laughs> that's the idea. stupidness of us that yes. spreads. So uh, Organic stupidness is the subtitle of the show. Yes, it's also a uh, really good Counting Crows album. Um you are going to hear it in a post game. You're going to be watching the, a live post game of Luke Richardson, and all of a sudden you're going to hear, whoa. I just want the Hawks, so, the Hawks should just start doing it. We'll let them do it. Yes, they could pay us. By the way, people are wildly speculating what our major announcement is tomorrow. Uh, if someone gets it right, we'll tell you that someone got it right, yeah. but we won't verify exactly what it is. So far, from the guesses I've seen, no one's gotten it so far. Yeah, some of you guys are being Little hint, silly. it is a programming announcement. Yes. Okay. None of us are changing our diets or anything no, like that. No, hell no. Um, hey, but you know what you can change? Underwear? Can you, though? Sure. I wouldn't know. Well, it's getting easier for businesses to switch to electric vehicles. Oh. And that's something we can all get behind, right? Yes. For the health of the planet and for the well-being of all of us who share it. Yes, Greg. The electric grid is evolving to meet your cleaner energy needs as we all move with confidence towards an electric tomorrow. Whether you have one delivery van or a whole fleet of shipping trucks, ComEd can help guide you to make the changes that make sense. So uh, what should those uh, business owners without an fleet do there? They should go to ComEd.com slash clean to learn more about the resources, fleet rebates, and infrastructure incentives available to help businesses go electric. If you, or someone you know, owns a business, don't wait. Start making your plan today to switch to electric vehicles. Good for business, good for the planet, good for all of us. Go to comed.com, pay attention, slash clean. I'm sorry, I was reading all these wild guesses in the chat. 
Did you say comed.com slash clean? Yes, I said comed.com slash clean. Go there after the show and see how Going Electric connects us to a better way of doing business and a better future for generations to come. Speaking of things that are better. Yes. Circus Sportsbook is better than all those other apps out there. Do you know why? Because of their yes. tight money line splits and their low hold model. Games will strive to be at a one minus one ten split on the Circus Sports menu, unlike all those copycat sports books which may use one fifteen or one twenty splits. If you don't, if you're not a gambler and you really don't know what that means, it means you've got a chance to win more money, and they're going to keep as little money as possible, especially compared to those other sports books. And Circus Sports does not limit any of their players based on the winner. Every player has the same limits, unlike. Other books who try to limit winning players. I never have that problem. <laughs> Thing that puts Circus Sports, besides winning more money with them than other sports books, what puts them over the top is their awesome customer service. There are real people behind the Circus Sports brand who resolve issues in a timely fashion, unlike other books who use chatbots. Boo! Who are like the St. Louis Blues of like the oh. bot world. All aspects of the app are being run by the same team that runs the main Circa Sportsbook at Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. So don't wait. Download the Circa Sports Illinois app at circasports.com slash Illinois dash app to sign up today. Be on the lookout for Circa events, watch parties, and tailgates. If you or someone you know may have a gambling a problem with gambling, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER, text GAMB to 833 or visit areyoureallywinning.com. All right, so some people have guessed it. It's in there. We, we're not going to reveal it till tomorrow. Some people have it. Uh, we have not taken over for the bankrupt Odyssey. I will tell you that. Got out of there in time. Um, I think they're bankrupt because you left. What else we got? I Keep going up. I want to look at some more of these, Stephen. Uh, and uh, and Whistle's parents are alive was one. Uh, no. No, sadly, it's not true. Uh, <laughs> McLovin says we're going to be live in the Vegas draft. Uh, we don't know that yet, but we hope so. Yes. Um, there are many reasons I want to go to Vegas. There are no new tickets to the Chelios takeover. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Any more? Yeah, we're not going on TV. No. No one wants that. We're not going to Toronto. All right. That's enough. That's enough clues. So yeah. now you can sift through the guesses and you'll find it. Uh Derek says the Marion Hosa clone has been confirmed. Uh, the Marion Hosa clone, we have to go back to the drawing board. No, we have to wait 18 years before we can legally play in the uh, yeah. in the NHL. So and he came not. out with a tail, unfortunately. Yeah. So we got some well, DNA mix know. in there. There must have been like a mouse in the studio or something, and something weird happened. So we had to scrap that. Just like, you know, the acid thing in RoboCop? <laughs> That's what we had to do with the Hosa clone. Chuck it in there. Back to the drawing board. But it's coming 18 years from now. We'll see. All right, but the announcement will be good and worth your time tomorrow at 2.30. All right, let's pay off our segment, shall we? Who is we the shall. chat's four-star of the game? Yeah, this one was uh, another runaway. And I don't think you guys will be too surprised. It is Philip Kurashev. All right, Philip Kurashev, deservedly so. 20-41, four shots, nine shot attempts, and two empty net goals saved. So congrats to him. With that... For who's your hawk? We had to go to the blue lines again. Uh, I had Rem Pitlick for new guy bump. Yep, 
I believe Mario had Philip Kurashev. Kurashev. Yep. We had a great game. And you had Zach Sanford. I went. Burn up, I, burn up. I uh, went. He got me the helmet on Sunday, and he was, he had a three game point streak against the Oilers coming into the night. So didn't do me a whole lot of good. But no points recorded. No. So we went to the blue lines, and I am the winner. It's the second straight game where the new guy wins. So we need another new guy here for Thursday. Way to go. Are we tied now? Are we 12-12? Yeah, 12-12. We're still Uh, way far behind Mario. We're closer than we were yesterday. That's fine. We'll just kneecap him. (laughs) That's it. We'll just just keep changing his picks. Next time he's not around, (laughs) we'll just change it. (laughs) You took Jared Tenorti again? Weird. That's that's not a good strategy, Mario. Someone's getting cocky with his big lead. Yeah. All right, so we will be back tomorrow. We got everything, right? Everything's yeah, paid it's off? Yeah, everything. All right, I'm, I'm thinking Connor's Corner. Bunch of zeros for uh, Connor in this one. There you go. Let's play uh, the song for people. Just reminiscing. This actually makes me sad now. Yeah, it's not happy anymore. There's like a longing nice in my heart when I hear this. I don't know. Yeah, it's not the same. We need yeah. like a minor key. Hey, we saw we saw your guy. Uh, Sam, Samuel Savoie. Yes, uh, we did. Looking for a toilet on the way out of the building. <laughs> Evan Seth Jones couldn't find the potty. Uh, but he was good. He was not on. Uh, no crutches. No crutch. He's been around a lot. I've seen him a yeah. lot. Um, he's no no walking boot, no crutches. Uh, looking good. Yeah. I'm good. glad he's around. Just yeah. getting to know the guys and hanging out. and you know, it's, He's it's becoming cool. part of this team. It's good. Definitely. I think he's going to be uh, fun to watch next preseason and, and will make – uh, it interesting, yeah. And then he'll go down to Rockford and just beat the crap out of you. Now he will he will provide you the Callan Blackwell energy you need. That's yeah. for sure. A couple more guys like him, and you got something going. Yes, sir. All right, we're back tomorrow at two thirty. Will we have Peter DJ? We don't know. We'll find out. We'll let you know. Either way, we're gonna have a major fo- uh, show announcement. I said phone announcement because I read phone on the screen. A major show announcement, and. Uh, all these questions about the Cutter Gauthier and Trevor Zegris and all that stuff, we'll address it tomorrow. I know a lot of people have that on their mind, so we'll get to it, we promise. And a reminder, the CHGO Blackhawk show is presented and powered by ComEd. It's getting easier for your business to switch to electric vehicles. Learn more at ComEd.com slash clean. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 2.30 on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Y'all silly like the mayor.